I am really excited about this follow-up. Do you want to get stuck? Did you get a new iMac? <laughs> I didn't get it yet, but we decided to order a new iMac. Woo! Which feels really weird, and I have like mixed feelings about it, but we came to a conclusion that it makes sense. It does so, make sense. Well, it makes a lot of sense. The thing is that we, we can't predict what will be released. We know that there will be our Macs coming out, mm-hmm. but most likely it will be laptops first. Mm-hmm. And I don't want a new laptop. Mm-hmm. I want an iMac. Yep. If there's an iMac release, it will be a 24-inch, most likely. Oh, okay. Just or, because or that like did, some kind of smaller one. Yeah, yeah, some type of smaller one, because that didn't really get a upgrade this uh, this round. Yeah, we, we basically just got a small spec bump. So that's why I'm feeling like, okay, if it is available, maybe this screen, the screen of it would be too small anyways. Mm-hmm. So we just felt like, okay, we should probably go ahead and do it uh, nice. and order it. So what we're doing now is a little bit strange. So... I still want to have the opportunity to potentially get the... Okay, back up a bit. I'm mm. f- better with like smaller screens than, or smaller monitors than mm. Kai is. Yep. So if any of us would buy a like a smaller iMac, it would be me. Mm-hmm. But I'm the one needing a new computer right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we decided to do is that Kai hands me down his old computer. <laughs> I had a feeling this was going to happen. <laughs> because for me that's like that's like a shoot upgrade compared to my 13 inch laptop so i'm gonna use that Mm -hmm. and then kai gets the new one because kai um, always want to have an imac anyways he would not gonna want to have a laptop and then we know that we have we haven't completely that that i'm against owning laptops (laughs) i just don't want to use it okay (laughs) it can sit in the cupboard it's fine Yeah, you're not going to burn it if it's there. <laughs> cool. Uh, but yeah, so we decided that he gets that one. And then maybe, like, realistically, his old iMac will be enough for me. Mm-hmm. And we will be happy and I can continue using that maybe for a couple of years. We don't really need to upgrade as soon as ARM is available. Yeah. So maybe it's fine. Maybe we just keep that set up for one or two years more. But or upgrade sort of, by the end of the year if it's super amazing. And yeah. Like, or, we, we can t- exactly. talk ourselves into, we need it for development purposes. Yeah. <laughs> so if we feel like it's something we quote unquote need, then then we can get it, mm-hmm. and then I would be okay using a smaller computer. But realistically, we don't even know if a computer will be available. So like the longer we or like an iMac will be available anytime soon, and I would need a, a, a new computer relatively soon. Yeah. So that's why I feel like it's probably a good time because we can't predict the future. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think this is the right move. Um. Nice work. Yeah. It sounds like I'm trying to convince myself, but I'm honestly thinking that it is necessary. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, my current, I, I, I mean, you've been working from a similar type of laptop, right? Yeah. And it just feels like I can only run one or two Xcode projects at a time. I can only have like, and, and, and now we're going to get started doing more iOS development instead of Mac development. And that means that I will have to have multiple simulator, mm-hmm. sim- simulators running. And I just feel like it makes sense. It's just like the, ta- the switching, like the, the consistent, f- like I always put this force on myself to have to close things, mm-hmm. and that f- I feel like that does make me less efficient. I can't multitask in the same way as I would like to. Yeah. So I think no, it's it super sense. freeing to not have to and, uh, worry about that. And also, realistically, I don't think we'll we'll work from any kind of not home location anytime too exactly. soon. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like buying buying a new laptop right now to to upgrade your laptop and use an external monitor. Mm-hmm. It, it's not as necessary when you're when you're working from home. Yeah. Yep. Like exclusively probably f- until the end of or at least at least summer next year and then then there's a whole bunch of new ones and realistically i do think the arm 
transition will be more significant, at least at first, for mobile computers. Oh, than yeah. I'd be surprised if we get an iMac this year with... Um, um, yeah. But I, I mean, we might. But yeah. even if, I think the biggest improvements will come from from the mobile ones because you can get like way better battery life right less less yeah. heat and and all of that which is not that i mean it's not that severe for a desktop machine that's plugged in all the time and most people will feel the differences for for mobile computers more than for mm-hmm. for desktop computers yeah so i have to ask i noticed in the facetime call marlon you're not using your monitor anymore your external monitor that you had a fortnight ago did you return that as a result of uh, ordering an imac <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. That makes no. sense. <laughs> in in reaction, we threw it off the balcony. I mean, didn't even want to and see that's that the one. Thing. Like, put it past you guys. Decided- <laughs> this thing's garbage. But that's the thing. Before the iMac came up, became available, yeah. I was like, okay, realistically, there might not be an iMac mm-hmm. in a long time, so I'm just gonna go ahead and get a get an external monitor yeah. because I was just fed up on having a third inch screen, yeah. and then it became available, and then it's like, oh, maybe I should just go ahead and get that instead because. I don't need a monitor mm-hmm. then. And realistically, if the alternative was to otherwise buy the monitor and buy like extra keyboards and have like that type of setup, then that's still some money that I would spend on it. And then we would probably still want to have an iMac once it becomes available because as I said, you know those kind of calculations a- you make to to try to convince yourself that this is financially the best possible decision. Yep. We're like, look, we wouldn't if we would buy a magic uh, trackpad that's like two hundred dollars, and then a magic keyboard that's almost two hundred dollars as well. Then- by that point, you might as well buy a maxed out iMac Pro. No, um, I, I by no means try to convince myself saying that this is financially better. I'm just saying I did. No, I but, would no, want but to you have will a new- be more productive now that's yes. a simple the, fact yeah yeah and like even if i would get like an external display now and a separate keyboard i would need i, I would still plan on updating to an imac once that becomes available yeah, sure and then i have a spare monitor standing around and i have like all those extra extra things that i don't need anymore so if i know that i'm gonna upgrade sometime very soon i may as well yeah. but it's not insignificant like apple's accessories are not insignificant no. amount of money right it's 200 for the magic trackpad around 200 for the keyboard um about 300 for or actually a bit more 350 for a good external monitor at least you know that's that's a, almost a third of the entire imac mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not, I mean, sure, it's, it's still a lot more money to, to buy the <laughs> iMac, but at least we could now argue how much money we'll save over the next year by, by not having unnecessary duplicates of uh, accessories. But also, <laughs> so I think it all makes sense. Yeah. But also the, the, the inefficiencies that I get from working from a small laptop are making a difference yeah, as well. But I think it's the other thing where you don't realize just how much that's true until you get the new one. And I definitely had that. Uh, in May when I upgraded. Um, I, I knew it would be beneficial, but I think I was going through the same, like, I need to talk myself into this mm-hmm. um, until I got it. And I was like, no, this is hands down better. Uh, I am absolutely more productive and not mm. having to wait for Xcode to index and build and all those things that it was terribly slow at. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and you just deserve a nice computer as well. <sighs> Look, if it's your job Don't and you can make money, <laughs> yes, I think that's fair. Yeah, and it's not like you you buy a lot of other fancy things. So yeah. no, it's yeah. I'm I'm not saying that I don't need any more convincing. Uh, no, no, it's too late anyway. Mm, so that's super exciting. Uh, unfortunately, it took me so long to make this decision. So the <laughs> iMac is now on back order. Uh, so we'll see. When when's it, it coming? Uh, it's scheduled for I think between the third and the eighth of September. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. No, no. 
But I did have a monitor for a while, and now I'm back to a 13-inch laptop. So, but it's also it. like the the morning we're like, all right, let's just order this. Uh, it was like I don't know, available in 48 hours. So we're like, cool. And then in the evening when we actually did place the order, it just just went yep. back order. Yep. But, ah, that's all right. You'll love. And now we can. You'll love also it. buy uh, RAM, third-party RAM, obviously, yes. because uh, that saves you like seven hundred, like legitimately mm-hmm. seven hundred dollars difference between Apple's RAM and and. Think of all the accessories cruiser. you could buy with the difference. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But it's it's so crazy how much of a difference it is to buy like good third-party RAM compared to Apple's, yeah. and you actually get a longer warranty on your RAM mm-hmm. because like Crucial and OWC and and pretty much all RAM suppliers give you an. Uh, a lifetime warranty on ram and ram is in my experience like having imax that i tend to use for a few more years ram is one of the things that does give up at some point sometimes like after five six seven years um so it's actually kind of nice to to know that they have lifetime warranty and then yeah no nice i'm very much looking forward to hearing how you go uh, once you get that computer i think you're gonna love it um so speaking I mean, of uh sh- we already have here right <laughs> it's i'm it's kind of both of us getting a new computer. Yeah, you're both yeah. getting a new computer. But um, no, I but think the, be the biggest difference will be for Marlon. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> unquestionably. Um, but you'll see me in 1080p. So I that, will, that will be I a will. big upgrade for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're actually the one that gets the on, biggest depends. benefit here. <laughs> sure. sure. Uh, I'll have to uh, pop you up on the 4K monitor. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, I wanted to talk a little bit, speaking of new hardware and stuff. What are we expecting this year in terms of hardware and software releases? Uh, the things we know so far are that the iPhones are going to come out a few weeks later than mm-hmm. normal. We know that. That was said in the earnings call, uh, I believe, by mm-hmm. Tim Cook. Um, I was, I mean, I'm not super up to date with the rumors, but I did, because uh, I was researching for Cokerheads um, a couple of nights ago, I did come across a thing where somebody was uh, guessing that, I think they said the watch and iPads were getting updates via press release early September. Um, and then really? the iPhone event would be about a month later with the iPhone shipping a few weeks after that. And, of course, the Pro models coming slightly later than the non-Pro model of iPhone. I thought that was weird because I don't see a world in which you can release a new version of the watch without watchOS 7. And mm-hmm. there isn't a world in which you can release watchOS 7 without releasing iOS 14. So if that is to be believed, and I have no clue if that's to be believed on, like if it's accurate or not, um, then iOS 14 will ship like a month before new iPhones, which just doesn't seem right to me. I feel like Apple delayed WWDC because everyone's behind with COVID. They're going to want an ex- that extra month to work on the software that's going to ship on these new phones. So what are we expecting here? I-, I just don't see why they would change the pattern. Like it's always been iPhone and watch yeah. during the same yeah. event. I don't see why they would urgently need to release that separately. I don't like, There's no yeah. reason. <laughs> like you should, the only reason would maybe be that they don't want to draw attention away from the main thing of the event. But I feel like it's a natural fit to have a watch and an iPhone at the same time. I don't know. It seems weird. And like you say, like releasing the software, having the software ready that early seems strange. Yeah. Unless they have intentionally, like they're planning on separating watchOS and iOS a bit more and they want them on different cadence, but I don't yeah. see. No, I don't know. But, um, but at the moment you can run watchOS 7 with iOS 13, right? Can you? I, I know in past years you've had to update iOS before watchOS. 
and this is sometimes even true of the point releases, but I'm, I haven't tried it this year, so I'm not sure how. Because there is a public beta this year, so I yep. assumed that that would be independent. But, right, but I was thinking okay. a lot of the code is also shared mm. across I, uh, iOS and watchOS, isn't it? Yeah, but that wouldn't matter. No, I was just thinking if watchOS, if iOS isn't ready, would watchOS be ready that much earlier? I, I think there are enough... I think all the all the core frameworks are probably in a state that that that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think most of the UI facing things are probably the things that get the most work at the moment. Yeah. So, for what reason do you expect there to be significant changes this year in in the release release time frame of watches and iPhones? I mean, there was just that Tim Cook statement about. We're going to push the iPhones back, but my, I guess I guess what I'm questioning is whether the software is delayed with it too, and I'd assume so, given like the betas, mm. the initial betas were delayed probably two or three weeks, and mm-hmm. the phones are probably going to be delayed by the same amount. It makes sense that 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 beta cycle stays the same length, and everything's just shifted a few weeks, so it pushes us to sort of early October before we see any kind of GM, and that would be great. Um, gives us more time. But I think uh, I was fourteen beta five is. Pretty stable. I've not run into any issues. Beta 4 was completely uh, messing with my phone. Like, I, I just nothing worked properly. <laughs> but yeah. 5 fixed all of that. So, I'm, I'm pretty happy with Beta 5. Okay. I feel like we're definitely approaching releasable states yep. as far as the operating system goes. Yep. I don't know how far, like, I, I haven't played around enough with SwiftUI, for example, on, on iOS 14 yet. I don't know if there are still significant... Uh, changes that need to be made in in those kind of system framework level uh, things, but it, it, as far as the operating system goes, I feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean mm. it, it's mostly okay. Um, yeah, from a, like a Swift UI development perspective, um, no major major issues. Um, what would theoretically be Apple's benefit of releasing iOS fourteen bef- significantly earlier? I don't think I don't think there is one. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Is there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm thinking about it. Like, because I'm, ju- I'm just thinking, like, it? if the watches do go out early, then mm-hmm. it probably makes sense that all the software goes out before the hardware. And by mm-hmm. early, I mean mm-hmm. before the phones, uh, or significantly mm-hmm. before the phones. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think I think they they I assume they want to release iOS and watchOS around the same time. Um, that's been mm-hmm. the pattern for a while. But it wouldn't be too bad to to release iOS fourteen. Like a month early. But what's get, the what's the reason though? Uh, it's just they're they're on their cadence. They they have them ready. Why not mm-hmm. release them? Give like everyone like that means there's a lot of attention towards like all the new things and widgets and Apple gets attention and mm-hmm. developers potentially get attention. And then the new new phones being announced and then they focus more like they will do a recap of here are the new things on iOS fourteen and also um, here are like I don't know the lighter on the phone or whatever, mm. and then the focus can be very much on the new things, and then it can have like features in the app store related mm. to the new mm. things. And I don't think it would be too bad to have a more distinct differentiation between the two. Um, especially it will, we're also kind of expecting two iPhones, like as in like the the Pro series and the the regular non Pro amateur phones right so it's it's already a bit different this year anyways because the attention will be split between most likely i mean it, it looks that way at least between iphone 12 and iphone 12 pro 
So separating iOS a little bit more when there are already two new iPhones that Apple probably wants to make very clear. Those are the differences. This is this is what this phone is for. This is what the the Pro phone for is for. Those are the software features that are, that we want everyone to pay a lot of attention to and and focus on and develop apps for and and get them out probably in time for the actual phone releasing. Right? You you or at least within reasonable time because Apple probably wants you to have if you have any reason to use the lighter they probably want you to be kind of ready for that as soon as possible so for considering like all the years that we've seen so far and based on what we expect to happen this year i do think this would be a decent year to split split the release up a bit more i mean and if it's conveniently fitting apple's kind of production issues then i mean you know that that might help make that decision of just de-risking uh, that that release a bit because if you know all right iOS 14 is out it's been out for a while it seems to be all good we're now putting them on phones and shipping them out mm-hmm. seems like a more relaxing launch period anyways so I think in general it's not too bad to split that out a bit yeah so why would they not have wanted to do that for so many years then what's the reason why they now would think okay let's take this opportunity to release a month before again super hypothetical right but apple didn't do online wwdc pre-recorded keynotes before either but then when they were forced into it they made the best out of it yeah and you know apple probably didn't decide to have delays in their production but now when they're in this might as well make the best out of it and I think there is value in, in separating that. I think ideally Apple wants everything to be perfect, all it's within the same week and everyone's happy. But if they're forced into a situation where they have to make changes, might as well try to reap in some of the benefits of being forced into a slightly different situation. At least I wouldn't, I, I can see how there are benefits to this. Um, so if, if you're forced into it, might as well. Yeah, no, it's I, I can at least, yeah. you know. Like, and watches, if if they're, I don't know, we we don't know about the IRS requirements, but if watches do not need IRS fourteen, um, then then separating that and that would mean Apple gets a long, very long period of attention and yeah, 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 more time in between and kind of, I mean, logistically there are probably some some things that make that simpler, others that make it a bit harder yeah. uh, to split those things out, but. If if that they happen to fall this way this year, I think Apple will will use that as much to the benefit as they can. I wonder if there is a significant software change that is related to a new phone, like yeah. the lidar, for example, and they want to have more state quote unquote stage time for that. And if they would, but also maybe more before, development time, right? Maybe the the call was made, let's say, a few months ago. Look, production. Hardware production seems to be behind, mm-hmm. so let's focus on all the things that go out with iOS fourteen for everyone. Mm-hmm. And deprioritize, or I mean, deprioritize. It's probably not the word that was mentioned, but <laughs> like, let's focus on those things before we get the other things done, because we will have an extra month, an extra two months, whatever, mm-hmm. extra six weeks on on iPhone stuff this year. Mm-hmm. And maybe we even see a, a bit of a separation between the iPhone. Let's say we're going with the current rumor state, iPhone twelve and iPhone twelve Pro. Maybe they release similar to the eight and ten release, yeah. where the twelve comes a bit earlier, and then the twelve Pro comes maybe an extra couple of weeks later because i don't think the 12 will require as many hardware changes as the 12 pro because mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if the 12 pro has 120 hertz um um what's it called what's apple calling theirs promotion um, display promotion yeah. that's the one promotion um 
Yeah. <laughs> you get a promotion. Uh, you, know. you get a promotion. <laughs> Isn't there something called liquid retina as well? No, that's the uh, LCD-based rounded corners in the iPhone, in the no- non-pro iPhones. Ah, true, okay. true, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe the promotion stuff, that mm. like postponing that or, or not having to worry about that in, during the same period might also save some time and you know animation everything has to be tweaked a bit uh, all the apps have to run on 120 hertz developers probably should know a bit about it so they can you know games probably need to be optimized to either run on 60 hertz okay, mode so you're or thinking they will even announce that and tell developers about the during the updates. presentation they will probably talk about the new refresh rates when you say presentation are you thinking presentation of iOS or presentation of the phone? No, whenever the iPhone event is happening, they will announce the entire array of phones. Um, But say the iPhone 12 will be available for pre-order today. The iPhone 12 Pro will be available for pre-order on Friday and they will ship in in whatever, October and and November or whatever it might be. Well, I guess so what I was thinking, I think we might be thinking about two things, uh, two different things. I was thinking that if they release the software earlier than the phone, there will basically be two events, but my, one might be a press release, which is iOS is available four weeks before the phone. Mm. And then two weeks later, there's the actual If we're going like into full hypotheticals, <laughs> they could release and, and talk more about iOS 14 on in the watch announcement if they really yeah. wanted to. Honestly, the more we talk about it, the less likely it seems that it's going to be staggered. Just from a logistical <laughs> perspective, it's twice the work. But <gasps> hey, it was one room of it. <laughs> Based this I mean, it's it's not... I, I Considering that you could combine iOS 14 and iPad OS 14 and the watch in one event, then it becomes a bit less weird to separate that. So you have one event that would be watch the new watch, watch OS 7, uh, new iPads and iPadOS and iOS 14. And then another event for iPhone stuff. Yeah, so that's sort of how I'm seeing it. But that would mean that they would probably... <laughs> we're going so many hypothetical. Let's say they would say... They would release. They would have an event or a press release before the iPhone comes out or before the iPhone is revealed. And then the iPhone is having a higher refresh rate um, screen. I don't think that would be mentioned in the earlier press release. That would be something they mentioned at the iPhone events. Yeah, so that would so then the benefit of it potentially benefiting developers of like games and stuff like that to help them make sure that they're like to, to help them prioritize their tasks is not going to be helpful. Of course it is because the event is still before the iPhone ships. It's not like yeah. we have an event and everyone gets an iPhone today. I don't know if it's significant enough though. I mean, we don't know when the event will be. I feel like we're going in too much to the weeds. No, stuff. but realistically there, there are sometimes things that are being announced at events and then the phones mm-hmm. or the, the hardware that ships has those features. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means, you know, if you get, get something out in five days, you, you will be there on day one. Yeah. Or, or whatever. So I have to ask, like the, um, what are you planning mm-hmm. on buying this year? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It took me two weeks to, however long it's been, to decide if I should have a new iMac when I've been sort of due for an upgrade for two years. <laughs> so this is a difficult question. <laughs> Uh, See, I don't... Okay, honestly, I don't feel like I use my phone very much right now. That's fair. Because yeah. I'm home mm-hmm. all the time. And you build a Mac app. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we, we, but we, we did start... start with the RSS oh, nice. now. So, cool. cool. Um, so there's, there's some more use for a phone. Um, to be fair, I've, I mean, we're very early. I've not run it on a device, only in the simulator. Mm. But realistically... Because you don't have an iPhone 12. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But realistically... Um, 
I don't know. I've never used my phone less, like ever mm. since I got my very first iPhone. I don't think I've had a period in my life where my phone was having less to do. You know, when you back in back in the old days when you had flip phones and you could walk around and not charge your phone for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. I feel like I'm sort of at that. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it's really hard because I do think that like the the promotion stuff, I would be super excited about that yep. in an iPhone. But at the moment, I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't notice it. <laughs> so I feel like it, it's probably going to be f- expensive phone. Yep. I probably want to have the pro phone for some reason. The rumors lean towards potentially the pro phones being slightly bigger already. So that's already making the decision harder because do I really want to go bigger than the current 11 Pro? Probably not. But the the biggest reason for me to upgrade would be a promotion display that I then would never see. I don't know. This year it's it's hard. I I'm, I mean, we've been here before. We probably all have new phones uh, in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. But I I feel the least. I, I feel like it's the least likely that I will upgrade this year unless yep. I can talk myself into it for for development purposes. It, see, it is the least likely for me as well. But this is the most exciting design change in a I long know. time. Like the hardware is gonna be very different potentially so we used to buy phones based on how well they fit into our hands and at the moment all i do with them is having them lay on a table and and all phones do that just well just fine so i i don't have the same requirement i'm excited about it but i feel like uh phones is so much lower in my device priority (laughs) list at the moment that and considering that they're getting really really expensive (laughs) i if I if I have to deprioritize one device, it might be the phone this year. Yeah, I think I'm more likely to buy a new watch than a phone, actually. How about yourself? Well, definitely a new watch, <laughs> unquestionably. Okay. It's been two years. Um, it's time for a new one. I really want the always mm-hmm. on screen. You know I was tempted last year and, and held out. Um, so definitely a watch. But I've just pulled up Mac Room because I... Uh, Again, like rumors are not my thing at the moment, but I just pulled up Mac rumors. Is the smaller phone meant to be the 12? I thought the 12, I thought it was going to be a 12 Pro, and now I'm disappointed. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because, it's really hard. Hmm. I, so the thing is, I really want the smaller phone. And the thing is, if the, the phone, like the iPhone 12 had the same specs, like the same CPU with the same camera as my iPhone 11 Pro, whatever I have here... I would want it, but I can't justify $1,800 for a phone that's a sideways step. Like, it's not a better phone. It's it's physically mm-hmm. a better phone. It's smaller, but the, the internals mm-hmm. are not. And I can't justify $1,800 for that. Again, at a time when I'm not really going out. So, I don't really carry mm-hmm. my phone in public a lot. Like, I'm at home. I'm not going to drop the thing because I'm at home and I'm at my desk most of my life. Um, so, <laughs> so, it's not really... The size issue isn't really an issue. It's not sitting in my front pocket mm-hmm. as much as it used to. Um, but I, for some reason, until very recently, thought that the small one was going to be a pro the middle size would be the the non-pro and the large one would be a pro again and now i'm sad because if the smaller one was going to be a pro i would unquestionably buy it because i want a small phone um hmm. i am so and i mean sad. grand scheme of things not a big problem to have no i mean it's a very it first world problem but like mm-hmm. oh, you know you know i've yeah, been holding out for a smaller that. phone since i upgraded to the six I know, in 2014 i, I think mm-hmm. <laughs> Six years of a phone that's too big, Kai. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm here too. I'm in the same in the same boat. It's, it's annoying. I, I like a small flagship phone, but it looks like it's. I don't know. It, it looks. It, it kind of makes sense, right? That you have the smaller phone is the cheaper phone because that's just. It, it seems to make sense that smaller things are cheaper now. Uh, so it, it, 
it was always a bit weird that it kind of they kind of have the 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 middle sized phone is the cheap one, then this, then it gets smaller to get more expensive, and then it gets really expensive for the large one. I do understand why that was a weird structure and why you would want to have small, cheap, medium, medium, large, expensive. It does make sense, but I also I, I want a small phone. I definitely don't want a larger phone. Like that's my biggest problem. I could potentially live with the flagship one if it would be the same size, but no longer rounded. Um, like the rounded frame so it might potentially fit better into my hands without slipping out like a bar of soap but if it's also going bigger i just i i cannot i i might yeah i don't know i'm not super excited about this this particular setup this year this is so, so disappointing um, i mean look probably not a bad thing to not have to spend 1800 dollars on a phone but i'm also sad sad and deeply <laughs> <laughs> and and who knows right rumors and yeah, who knows yeah, what know, will I actually know, happen but, but it's you Taking those, like, just assuming that that will be the case, I don't know what I would do. It's probably a good year to skip and then getting the thir- the small 13, which is then a significant upgrade over your current 11 Pro. So what if there, what if the smaller device would be sort of like the 6S, uh, sorry, 6SE? So it would be... The SE. Uh, sorry, yes, just the SE. What if it just would be on a different cadence? They have a smaller device coming out now, but then it's but not coming out until the, the 4 on a, on a three-year cadence. So I think the SE will still be sold as is. I think this will just be the new setup instead of the um, 10R type device. Okay. So it's like 12, 12 Pro, um, 12 Pro Max, and then you have the SE as kind of the budget phone, I kind of... It's mm-hmm. super great value in the first year and then kind of slightly less of a, of yeah. a value as, mm-hmm. as years go on until it's getting a refresh every every three years when it's like getting the, the form factor of the established uh, previous generation and stays around. It's, I, I think decades make sense and the, the lineup makes sense. It's just not not exactly fitting my requirements that mm-hmm. I would like to have or the, my desires I have in an iPhone. And I really like the idea of the rounded corners and like the form factor is going to be nicer in these phones, but I don't like the fact that we'll have to go bigger to get the Pro phone. Like 6.1 is already, mm-hmm. you know, a third of an inch larger than, mm-hmm. than what we've got. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> I, I like to add, back in the days when Apple had, your thumb goes from here to here. And now Apple's like, apparently everyone has mutant thumbs. The thing is, like, yeah, that was a cheesy marketing campaign, but it's actually true. Like, that's yeah, what I wanted. super true. That, yeah. And I love those marketing campaigns because it was like, you, no one tried to sell anything. It's like, no, it's like we made a phone that fits in your hand where you can touch the parts that you need to touch. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, we're no longer yeah, talking it's about not, that. It's not and a campaign that's saying, oh, you're going to be the greatest video editor after you get this phone, yeah. which really how many people are. It's a truthful, like... <laughs> This, yeah. The size of this phone is a feature. It is a premium yeah. phone with, you know, at the time, all the flagship features. I think it had a 4G and all of those, mm. like, you know, nice things. And mm. it fits in your hand. But it was so simple. It was, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it seems like enough people want larger phones. I, yeah. I do hope that if Apple is supporting smaller phones more and more again, that they are getting at least on a yearly cadence, then maybe that indicates... I hope everyone should buy it, even if I'm not doing it, just so Apple can see people seem to mm-hmm. like smaller phones and we can get a flagship pro- mm. yeah. flagship hand-sized phones again. Yeah. That would be nice. I get that it's more um, difficult to do all the things that they want in a smaller phone. For example, LiDAR, for example, bigger batteries. Like All of those things are easier when you have a larger phone, but still, I, I, you know, we Yeah, but I don't want a phone no. that's easy to make. I want a phone that's awesome. I know. I agree. And we'll pay more <laughs> for know, it. That's the thing. Like, if it, 
if it's the right size and you know there's the technology is harder to make that's fine you can charge more yeah but it's also that argument doesn't scale forever right it's no. like oh we want more features in this phone so let's make it like you know nine inches mm. you're like cool gotta drive a car to get anywhere because you can't fit in it it's just ridiculous that argument just at some yeah. point unfortunately you can't add new features because your phone still needs to be phone sized and forcing an increase in phone assuming like maybe people just really love that and i'm just completely wrong but i i think there's value in having a phone that fits in your hand and pocket and all the places yeah because i mean looking at the this um mac rumors thing it would already be a downgrade. Even if the um, most of the internals were the same, it looks like the smaller phone is only going to have two camera lenses. So yeah, yeah. that's a downgrade, mm-hmm. just mm. straight up. Um, you know, you're going to lose either the telephoto lens or the wide angle, whichever they probably mm. the, the telephoto, because I think the wide angle they mm. put in the 11, which only has two. Yeah. All right. So if you two could decide, there will be a, there's a smaller phone that's perfect for, that's perfectly sized for what you want. Mm. And there will be a bigger phone, which, but both of them have the same features. Like both of them have lidars, both of them have three cameras, but the smaller one has 70% battery of yeah, the bigger small one. Yeah, phone, no, without a doubt. Yeah. In a second. I'd probably go for the small one. Especially in this year where most of my time is spent at home. All right, but what I've about never 50% had, less battery? Sure. I, I've really? never had battery issues with my iPhones. I really don't care about battery. As long as it gets me through a day. Like my current 11 Pro gets me, even before not actually going anywhere, I usually had about 40% battery left. Okay. What about, what if it would be thicker as a result? It would be 50% thicker. Have the same battery. 50% thicker. <laughs> That's pretty thick, but I think I would take that trade-off. Yeah, probably too. You can use it as self-defense as well. No, I don't... I, I, I never cared about the thickness as much <laughs> as the other dimensions. Like, the... the that direction of dimensions was always the one I cared the least about. Like, if we're looking at the iPhone... Um, the iPhone 4... That, that was thicker than our phones are right now, right? That was way thicker than our phones are right now. Didn't matter because it fit in your hand. That's I care about it fitting into my hand. I don't care. Like It can't be like 300% thicker because then, then it would be a weird break to hold. Probably <laughs> would still fit into your hands better than the current phones, though. Yeah, I think, I think it is that shift of phones have now become two-handed devices and we're just stuck in the world of we want to use it with one hand. And that's, I always used, because, I mean, I'm a tall person, I can could always so easily use the smaller phones with one hand, and I like that. I never mm. used two f- hands with my phone. Why would I do that? My thumbs covered most of the screen if I had two fingers there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd always type one-handed. It was great. But now my phone is very much a two-handed device, and I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, but I also don't know what it is for. Like, yeah, yeah. It's not like we have eight hands and now we use two. Or, or don't, yeah, don't yeah. whine. You know, we only have two. That <laughs> means our phone now says, you know what? You use 100% of your hands. Yeah. I mean, the other, yeah. No. So, I look, based on this, um, I mean, until very recently, I would have said phone and a watch this year, but it looks like it'll just be a watch and maybe I'll stick with my current phone. I do mm-hmm. have Apple Care on this phone for another year, so it's not a bad phone to keep for an extra year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very happy with it, minus the size, so... I mean, plus the size. It just, yeah. like, like a really dumb, stupid example. Like, I was, I was sitting in a lounge last night, and I wanted to check the footy score. And I picked up my phone, and I was like, this thing is too big for this task. <laughs> like, I want to <laughs> use my watch, because that's better. But the, the app for checking footy scores on the watch isn't great. So, I was like, okay, I have to pick up Does this big... Does the Siri support uh, footy scores? Not in Australia, no. Okay. So, because that's, that's really good for, like, Canadian sports, yeah. for example. You, you have... 
dad support and the watch is really good at that. I'd love to have like um, the support on the Siri watch face itself where, you know, you can mm-hmm. have that sort of complication type yeah, yeah. thing. Um, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, I also don't think good. Siri should be a solution for bigger phones. No, 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 no but it's like the perfect task for a watch, right? If mm. you're if you're interested in the outcome of a of a sports game of any kind and um you're not in a situation where you can watch it, mm. being able to just see the score as you're doing whatever and just glancing at your wrist every now and then to see because you do care, right? Mm. It's not like you just you can't you just so, can't watch it at the moment. Uh, Zach, I think wh- that's perfect for that. Zach, why don't you just turn the TV on? <laughs> um, <laughs> I know you're joking, but it actually wasn't on TV at the house that I was at. <laughs> okay. Uh, so maybe maybe we just use not buying a phone this year as an argument to to buy one of those uh, fancy new ARM iMacs that's coming out later this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean it'll be a cheap year if it's just the. I mean, relative, but you know, cheap for an Apple September if it's just the watch. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, look at this. What a cheap Apple year. No dub-dub oh, tickets, no iPhones. Okay, I want to just get this get this out. I still feel a bit sad that there was no in-person dub-dub. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, I hear so many people are like, oh, they should always do this. Yes, I, I do see the benefits of more people being able to get a really good session without having to be at WWDC, but I just feel like there's so many different things that you don't get. Mm-hmm. This is the same why I prefer to go, if, if I work with coworkers, I prefer going into an office over working from home, just because there are so many type of conversations that you will have that are really valuable for, for your, like, for your work that you just have with people casually, and you're not going to be able to have that online in the same way. And there's so many things that are part of that, that like, there's a reason why I could imagine going to, San Jose without having a WWDC ticket because for me it's a lot about the social aspects of it that where, where I actually hear what other people are working on and I learn about that and I get to know like great people that are doing exciting things and it's sort of like motivational to go and meet those people and I just feel like I missed having that chance to hang out with people. But I think we're also particularly bad at um, online communication and on online community i think there like there is a strong online community we're just mm. not as much on twitter and in those places I, I find it a lot easier to socialize in person than than online mm. so it might be great for other people it's just from from the way i i socialize like a dub dub week is is way especially meeting new people yeah. like i i'm happy to to facetime or chat with or use iMessage with people i've met before but like just and like replying to random people on Twitter is just I, I don't know it's not a thing I usually feel comfortable with. Yeah, no, I had a moment earlier this week where we had a remote Coca Heads meet up again, just the monthly one, and mm-hmm. uh, it was like you know if if we weren't in a COVID world, be um all sort of heading into the city and and getting ready to meet mm-hmm. up, and that would be cool. And yeah, it's a bit sad that that's not happening. And I felt the same mm-hmm. about WWDC and continue to feel that way. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a bit disappointing, but it is what it is. Hmm. And uh, now it's also kind of coming up that we might also, uh, it, it seems like we're next year is probably, at least we're not currently on a trajectory that next year's dub dub would happen, I think. Mm. So I see you are making changes to petties, Zach. Yes, yes. Um, rejected from app review, but, oh, uh, beta app review, <laughs> but yes, yeah, still making changes to petty. Why? Oh, um, I didn't update my support for widgets as of beta five you needed to there was a uh 
um, method and a protocol that you needed to add. It's not mandatory, but your widget won't show if you don't have it. And I haven't done any widget work since beta 5, so I didn't even notice mm-hmm. that the widget was missing from the... Um, like the ability to add the widget was missing, didn't even notice. Uh, and so App Review must have seen that, oh, the app has a widget's target, but we can't add it. And so they rejected it for that. I actually thought they were going to reject it for subscriptions because I don't have all the like proper disclaimer <laughs> text and the, you know, this will start one week from the date of your trial and all that mandatory stuff that you're supposed to have. Um, but yeah, that was what it was rejected for. I don't think you need that fine print anymore. Oh, you don't? Um no, there there were changes yeah, lately. The, if you look at the new guides, yeah. they have example screenshots, and you can now actually just... Oh, cool. The important thing is that you show how long the trial yeah. is. So if you have a week trial, month trial, you have to show that. Cool. You have to show how much it is per period, cool. yeah. and that's kind of it. Right. And, and you, have to link your, you have to link to your terms yeah, as well. Yeah, but I, you know, no longer I noticed need that kinda, every app has to link, seems to have to link to terms and privacy policy, which I don't have terms at the moment, so I need to write them. Um, I've got a privacy policy that needs updating as well. As if you if you only care about that for for um, the subscription, you can just link to Apple's uh, end user license agreement for subscriptions. Oh, can you? Cool. A bunch of apps can a bunch of apps do that. Cool. Um, so if if you only care about it from a subscription perspective and the agreement you have with the end user based on Apple collecting money and when it renews and all of those kind of basic things, you can link to Apple's. Again, not a lawyer might be different mm-hmm. in your local jurisdiction, mm-hmm. but uh, I've seen a lot of apps, including some that are pretty high profile, who I would assume have looked into whether that's legal or not, linking to um, the end user license agreement that Apple has explicitly for third-party developers offering subscriptions. Cool, yeah. Um, so that might at least be worth looking into because writing all of that might be um, tedious. Yeah, yeah. And if, if you only care about the subscription part, no, you might point. already be covered. Yeah, so the big... Going back to Patty, the big um, change in Petty is the next major update in trends, which I think I've spoken about before, but showing average mm-hmm. prices and over like a series of time, over a period of time, not a series of time. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've had some fun um, working with a designer and then building those designs and charts and stuff. And um, that's been really cool. And it's actually quite nice to not spend half my time wondering how things should look, just kind of being able to go, I have designs, uh, I'm just going to implement it and build <laughs> build it it's cool um i really like working that way um which i haven't done for side projects before so i'm very that glad. sounds like like employment work though yeah yeah it sounds like the opposite of what i wanted <laughs> i don't know somehow i, I what i like uh, what i like about being able to do design and development at the same time I, I i agree with you sometimes it's nice to just sit down and develop and don't get me wrong that type of employment work can be fun uh but i just found that personally it's quite I quite like changing between those two tasks because it's like it's like two different type of challenges. Like the programming part is like the logic part and one part of the implementation that is more like it can be challenging in certain ways, but then the design part is challenging in a different way. So and what you're saying is not nice doing design s- is like skipping leg day. <laughs> it is. That's a good one. <laughs> Great analogy, Kai. <laughs> no, I, I I totally understand your perspective. Um. My, yeah, my perspective, I think I've spoken about it before, is yeah, uh, yeah. I'm more concerned about the time crunch. And, you know, I could get my design to a point where I'm happy, but it would take me months and I would just be spending all this time that I don't have. Um, yeah, so it's okay. So, did you decide to build the graphs with SwiftUI or did you build them with yeah, so UIKit? <laughs> the graphs themselves uh, were always going to be entirely SwiftUI. Like, the, the plotting hmm. the 
points, mm-hmm. the columns on a graph, that it's a perfect use case for Swift UI. Yeah. Then when I got the designs, um, <laughs> which which just, you know, I had a bit of a say in, but not like, you know, I had enough of a say that I'm happy kind of thing. Like it wasn't just like go away <laughs> for two weeks and, and get back to me with something. Um, when I got the designs, I realized that I could probably build it with Swift UI. Um, mm-hmm. The whole thing? The whole thing, like the whole screen, the whole okay. train or the whole dashboard screen, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool because there's not a whole lot of Swift UI in Petty at the moment, but I thought it would be <laughs> a good candidate. And so that's the approach I've taken at the moment. And I'm entirely okay, cool. Swift UI. I think I'm happy to stick with Swift UI for this screen. Um, a few yeah. other little things like removing separators and list columns, sorry, and list rows are, <sighs> it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really want to mm-hmm. avoid setting anything that involves like the UI table view global appearance um because that feels which is uh, yeah but it's at least you have a hook in point there if you actually want to apply it to your entire application i think that's okay yeah oh yeah totally if if that was a a golden rule in your design that's fine Mm. um but Mm -hmm. yeah i just i I am really trying to avoid that Mm. um, because that's not the uh, effect i want across the whole application but yeah anyway Mm. it's um it's good fun and it's allowed me like I sent you some, uh, I sent you a video recording yesterday, I think, of, of mm. things like fully working. And that was like a day-ish, like eight hours worth of SwiftUI work. Like, it's mm-hmm. pretty speedy mm. to get some graphs up mm-hmm. and running, interaction on the graphs, the view working, hooked into the data source. Like, all of that is really fast and really efficient with SwiftUI. And, like, I even added some things mm-hmm. this morning that with UIKit would have taken me probably three times as long. Um, and it's just it's super yeah. neat to be able mm-hmm. to do all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm sticking with SwiftUI. Um, I will probably... That, that seems to really be the theme with SwiftUI, right? The hard things are really easy. Yeah. <laughs> easy things are really hard. Yeah, exactly. It's like, want to get rid of this separator? You can't do it. You want to build a graph yeah, that's interesting. interactive? Yeah. Sure, five minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's interesting just because I feel like... I don't know. I feel like the easy parts are the parts that people use the most. <laughs> but there's, there's, like, there's kind of like a step, right? Super easy is super easy. Mm like just That's just a true. bit over that you yeah. kind of have this weird cliff and then super custom becomes super easy again yes. and you're just a kind of in between where it's yeah. like you're kind of changing the view of like a standard component yeah. and you're kind yeah. of like ah, now yeah. it's kind of getting weird to find all the because with UI kit first of all being being more mature they have a lot more hook in points to make modifications mm-hmm. but then also you know all of them are built with things that you can just if you needed to at runtime say all right what is this all right mm-hmm. make that different and i mean a little bit of sub view diving is is not necessarily a recommended approach to style everything in your app but it wasn't you know you could do it switch your makes it in, insanely more difficult where you have to have like an overlay that then Gives you an access yeah. point to look into your hierarchy. I, yeah. You know, it's just adding so many more barriers, yeah. which is kind of good in a way because it discourages things that might break in the future. Mm-hmm. But it just makes it so much harder when the when the framework is so new that you don't have all the customizations yes. you you're not only that yeah. you want, but also that you know exists. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. That's the thing. It's not like you want to do it because you want to have something super custom, but you want something that might not be like the su- the default behavior. But also which something you- that you know, like. That you know you could do with the other one, yes. and you know maybe other apps do, and yeah. and certain things where where you're like, you you know the, the the reason I use the framework that can't do that is not gonna get mm-hmm. you very far, right? It's like no, you gotta you gotta build a thing you want to build, and and if your framework gets in the way, you have to figure out how to deal with it. You can't mm-hmm. just say the f- framework won't let me, so I, I I just wait a year and see what happens. 
No. Despite in, in some of our orbit early days, I thought maybe that would be the approach we should take. <laughs> yeah, there but, were a lot of things that were. Yeah, but we quickly realized that if we're gonna do that, that means that a lot of things will not be finished, and we rather and we'll starve. Time. So yeah, that was not the option. Cool. All right. I see. The I, next uh, topic is an easy one. Um, no, this is sort of why I, I, I personally have been avoiding this. Uh, because I'm not sure if there's something we want to talk about. And I don't know if... Maybe we should just be the one podcast that's not talking about the App Store. How about that? People are like, whew, what a relief. Didn't have to listen to that topic. I think... That's okay. I don't know. <laughs> it uh, is... It is interesting, though. I don't think the debate is not interesting, because... No, I'm not saying it's not interesting. I just think it's a huge topic. It's a lot of complexity in there. And it's hard, that... to, it's hard to put it in a single topic in a podcast. But I think that that's what makes it interesting, right? That there are actually... That it is actually a very complex topic for for a lot of reasons and from a lot of angles with a lot of parties that are involved in this entire entire thing. Mm-hmm. I do think that's what makes it an interesting thing to talk about. It's not so much that I have, you know, I don't have an inherent, like, I don't know if 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 I'm on the billion-dollar company side, the trillion-dollar company side, or the other trillion-dollar company side, right? I'm not, I'm not that much having a horse in the race. But I do find this entire situation interesting because there's so many things happening at the moment right there's there's a kind of like microsoft google cloud gaming debate that's kind of happening yeah somehow that got in gaming companies into this conversation and then epic came came with this kind of trying to talk to apple i think some of the emails came out the other day when um uh tim sweeney the uh epic uh, ceo released some of the emails that he sent to like apple's leadership team um about potentially getting getting like a reduction in fees and to to allow certain things and maybe the opportunity to to have an app store and saying that they want that ideally to apply to all developers and then obviously apple passing it on to legal saying no you cannot do that and it kind of then spinning into them them actually just doing it without apple's approval and apple kicking them out and them having a video prepared in lawsuits it's it's an it's a very interesting situation now where we where we can debate it in so many areas right we can we can we could talk about it from a is 30 percent too much debate there is the <laughs> um should apple have that much of a stronghold over what runs on those phones what has happened over the last 12 years in iphone and and computing is the iphone now enough of a general purpose computer that that we have to change the rules and the way we are allowing rules to be enforced by the company who made it mm-hmm. The same way that we've had like 12 years ago in iOS, iPhone OS 2 when the App Store came out, is that still a way that we can have? There are now different countries involved. It's it's mm-hmm. like Apple, for example, is uh, maybe, I don't know, against vaping. Like vaping mm-hmm. apps were not um, not allowed by Apple. Yeah. So that someone wanted to release some kind of Bluetooth-enabled vaping machinery. And Apple said, yeah, not, not in our store. Mm-hmm. And again... It's like I'm I'm the I'm the least the last person to defend any kind of uh, tobacco consumption devices or or anything else that's inhaling smoke and doing stupid things with your health um, for absolutely no gain whatsoever. Um, <laughs> so I if if I would be Apple in 
be like, do you want to allow vaping and, and products on your store? I would also say, no, I don't. Mm. Screw them. Um, but at the same time, it's it's a legal product in, in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And is is it okay that Apple is the company that decides whether that product can exist for mm-hmm. a significant chunk of, of the world? Mm-hmm. And it's hard, right? I think there's so many angles that are interesting. Mm-hmm. The problem is all those arguments come into one kind of uh, stew of 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 like any argument can yeah. be uh, defeated by another argument in one of those other adjacent topics that are not yeah. the same like this is not a fix it like th- th- there's no one like a so- there's not a proposed solution that can fix all of this it's a complex problem and i think there are so many different parts of this and i think do you need to? You almost need to have multiple discussions about what, I mean, you can do about it, all those different because things. it's very different yeah. whether we should have a vaping app or if you should be able to collect credit card information yourself. And yes, those are just inherently different things. Yeah, they yeah. all come kind of come down to the how much power should Apple have? So mm-hmm. that's their they have a common ancestry, right? All of this is Apple has all the control of the App Store, yeah. and now we're debating either different worlds. Or the concept mm-hmm. of Apple's power. Mm-hmm. Those are the things we can do, right? We can mm-hmm. say vaping, yes, no. Or we could say Apple cannot decide business. Mo- like mm-hmm. even within each of those kind of pillars of discussion, you can go on different different levels of, of discussion, right? You could just say, let's let's spend three months talking about vaping products. Mm-hmm. And then someone comes out with a, I don't know, um, where, you can, where, where you can inhale... Um, Tikia. Yeah. And then you can have a discussion um, about that. Or should you have the discussion about is Apple allowed to not allow legal apps? Like it like if it's a legal product, should Apple be allowed not to to um mm-hmm. to allow those companies to submit them? Then there is like gambling. Should Apple why does Apple not allow vaping, but they do allow gambling? Is is gambling not also a bad hmm. thing? But for some reason, but then also, what what is gambling? Like, is Candy Crush where you can buy like in the exactly. purchases to continue playing? Is that uh, to be, for the record? I never played Candy Crush, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, is that like is that going to be considered a uh, type of gambling? Is something like buying Smurf berries in a game considered like type of gambling? Like, uh, it's just then the same with vaping. It's like. Okay, maybe you can't have an app that helps you vape, but could you have an app that shows dispensaries? Oh, dispensaries is weed, but um, like yeah, but th- there are just like so many in, different in, levels. In Canada, it. that's legal. Yes. In in California, to a large extent, it is, but in other countries, it's not. And Apple, Apple doesn't enforce laws. You know, they're not a not. A, I mean, they will not allow things that are legal. Hmm. But Apple doesn't just apply the law to the App Store. They apply their company philosophy. Yeah. But obeyed by the law, and that's it. Yes, and and I do think a company should be able to apply their company philosophy to things, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they decide what products they want to release, they decide what they want to promote in the app store, and like they have some leverage there. Obviously, like it's 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 their thing, but at the same time, how, like what what if it's something that seems totally legit? Like you you want to make a social network, like. And Apple is just not specifically liking that social network. Should they have the power to do that? It's just and it's just really hard to know where the line should be drawn. And they are such a big player now compared to what they were 10 years ago. 
Um, so there are many things that are just a different discussion. Like maybe it makes sense that they allow all social networks, even if they were again inheriting against a particular social network, just because they are the ones controlling everything. It's 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 such a it's such a different difficult conversation now. But I think inherently, without a doubt, as th- companies get bigger and they con- get more controlled by their size, mm. the argument of regulation becomes more and more valid. I think the argument was probably not super valid uh, during the iPhone OS 2 days. You know, it's like Apple applies their rules to like, I don't know, how many iPhones were there? Like a million? Mm -hmm. Um, But we're definitely approaching a period in which mobile devices become such a significant computing device in so many people's lives Mm -hmm. that that discussion, like super high level, just whether the discussion should happen at all, um, becomes more and more valid Mm. and we see that now it seems like we kind of reach a tipping point because now the european union is Mm -hmm. interested and in the us they have the hearings and probably in a few other uh, places where we pay less attention they probably have similar things going on because it does appear like we're now kind of at the point where people realize there's a lot of control and people at least start to feel uneasy about that so i do think and that's the problem right i think all of those discussions are are valid I think Apple made a lot of strategic errors, at least in public opinion, of how they responded to each of those separate pillars. Because I feel like Apple's brand and their their kind of philosophy and, and their public opinion, both in the general population and the developer community, should have a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Like a crazy amount of, like if we would try to somehow make this a monetary value, mm-hmm. it's probably... Co- considering that they're now a $2 trillion company, it, it is a very significant number mm-hmm. that Apple should assign, of value that Apple should assign those kind of community and, and general population's opinion about their, their company. Because a lot of things, like they sell a lot more iPhones and Macs mm-hmm. and, and iPads because of the opinion that the general population and developer community have of them. And I think a lot of the responses that Apple gave, no matter how you feel about each particular pillar of discussion, <laughs> I think some of those were including a lot of un- unforced errors where they made themselves look, no matter what you think of it, right? But they just <laughs> made themselves look bad <laughs> and it was unreasonable, right? <laughs> and like certain things like you, you never, you, free apps never gave us any money. And who are they to complain? Mm-hmm. It's just an unforced error because no one, ta- no one started, no one mm. was speaking about free apps in that context. Yep. So why drag that in? Because how could that be interpreted positively? Like, who, which developer would say, you know what, I feel better about being on this platform? And I think those yep. are the things that are unequivocally just unforced errors that that now turn into so much more of a kind of shift in in the community like uh, just looking at twitter i find twitter very exhausting at the moment because everyone's just either mm-hmm. frantically trying to defend apple or epic or or trying to to say who's wrong and who's right and it's 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 a weird debate we're in mm-hmm. and apple sometimes with some of those responses feel that and i don't understand why they would do that because there's very 
they're usually very quiet. Mm-hmm. And often when there were issues, Apple tried to not talk about it as mm. much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And in this type of scenario, it makes sense that they would go to Epic and try to sort it out with them rather than I mean, being more they, public. they probably but, did. Yeah. But, but also, top- since there is a lawsuit going on, they have to be a bit more public and they have to. But not, not those things, right? There were certain things that, that I think just were unforced errors in, in communication. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't. I, I don't know what will happen as a result of that, right? Like, for for us, we're all not, um, as far as I know, uh, running billion-dollar companies uh, just yet. So we're we're not really part of the discussion anyways. We're not really part of the communication. We're not part of any lawsuits. For us, we kind of we can kind of watch them battle it out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's interesting because I do think all sides have certain arguments that are valid. Mm-hmm. I even think both companies in certain parts have valid arguments against the same discussion. For example, I do see where Apple wants to charge a percentage for all sales that they that go through the App Store. Like, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, Apple provides, like, a lot of the... Again, also, unforced error where they said, hey, we provided so much value to Epic with making the metal f- on, mm-hmm. on iPhone. But at the same time, you forced everyone to use metal. It's not mm-hmm. like... Apple that's, Epic that's would have another. probably been fine using Vulkan or whatever other graphics yeah. engine. And that's another thing now. I think Apple used to... Uh, Apple is, is the platform that you want to be on if you want to make an app. But at the same time, there are many apps that Apple need to be on their platform. So the discussion is different now than it was 10 years ago. I think you were happy as a developer to be able to make something for the iPhone. And there might not have been any other outlet, but I think now there are certain... like I think both parties often benefit from each other. I think the iPhone is great for a consumer because it has a lot of of, uh, apps on it, right? Mm. But the discussion is so different now and the situation is very much more complex than when those rules were put in place. But also it's like certain things like... What we were talking about um, last week with Charlie, that Windows Phone had a lot of interesting things, but it never picked up because there wasn't enough of a developer ecosystem. Mm -hmm. It's such a good case study for why a developer community that's passionate and builds software for your hardware and your your kind of platform has a lot of value. Because I think most people who've tried Windows Phone did like Windows Phone as a as a concept. Like some people that were maybe mm-hmm. not interesting on iPhone, but they did like their Windows Phone devices. Mm-hmm. But then if there are no apps on them, you know, there, there were not, not as many good Twitter clients. Mm-hmm. They didn't have like a lot of other interesting apps that came out, like Instagram just didn't exist on, on, mm-hmm. on Windows Phone. I mean, didn't even exist on Android for a long time, right? There, and I'm sure there were a decent amount of people who bought an iPhone exclusively to use Instagram. And mm-hmm. that is value that Apple gets that from a, I think it was a free app. Um, you know, th- I do think mm-hmm. acknowledging that both parties benefit to some extent would be, make sense. You know, it's, it, it would, I think it would put them in a different, people would have a different perspective on them if they would acknowledge that. But again, my, my point is, I think you can argue both sides, right? I do think Apple provides uh, value to be on the App Store because access to their their users mm-hmm. who who they uh, carefully selected by making their products uh, in a higher price range. I mean, on iPhone, on average, people will spend money on apps more likely than on any other platform mm-hmm. we have. Um, so that is very appealing. Uh, Apple already have 
has payment information for those people. So it's making it really easy for people to pay. Mm -hmm. Apple can, if you're like a good citizen of the platform and you build cool things that look nice and you use new APIs, you might be able to be featured on the App Store mm -hmm. in certain regions worldwide. Apple might feature you you're in, in like promote you and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, of course, you that doesn't apply to most developers. But I mean, I see enough indie developers that are being featured on the mm -hmm. iOS App Store constantly that for those, that's like, that potentially is the difference between them working on side projects mm -hmm. to them quitting their job and being full-time indies. And I think mm -hmm. that's really cool. That also means, again, that's a power argument. That means Apple also has the power of not doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where, 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 like, where you can see the power they have in both ways. It's mm -hmm. really beneficial. But if you would all of a sudden lose that because you're negative about Apple or, or for some kind of other reason you want to do something that conflicts with them, mm -hmm. that would be, I understand why some people would be scared about talking about that because they know that being, being in one of those featured lists mm -hmm. is what, where like 50% of the income comes for. So mm -hmm. again, I can see that. Then for, for payment, I totally see the argument that you're like, Hey, we, we bring our own customers. It's, we've not being featured on the app store. We do our marketing on billboards, on, mm -hmm. on TV ads. And then they download the app as a result of that. And now we're giving Apple 30% just for the payment processing. You know, if you reach a certain size, you're no, like for indie developer, and again, I wouldn't, even as an indie developer, obviously you want, you would like Apple to take a smaller cut because that mm -hmm. means more money. That means more likely that you're uh, sustainable. And that might, you know, if you're, if you kind of uh, on those thresholds where it's mm -hmm. 15, an extra 15% might be the difference between you being comfortably able to live of that and you're not quite there yet. And, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's still value for everyone to pay less money, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you get to a certain size and you do, all your own marketing you're not being featured or you're not even interested in mm -hmm. that you're 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 having billboards and you're having ads and you're trying to promote your service and you get people to download your app as a result of that and then apple takes 30 percent of that i understand why that would suck you know that's kind of weird why why do you know you you kind yeah. of no longer you're not relying on any of you know, if you consider the app store a package of like frameworks and, and tooling and, and distribution, payment processing, if you had a certain size where you could do all of those things yourself, I do also understand the argument of saying, look, we're, we're running, I don't know, the Epic game store mm. and we already do payment processing. We know we pay 5% or like 2.9% for that. Mm -hmm. We don't need Apple to provide that because we already have the entire infrastructure. And I do understand why they might want to do that themselves mm -hmm. because they're like, well, we can we can make like significantly more money uh, selling our product directly, and they probably also have the the trust of their users, right? No one's saying Epic Games Company, Fortnite, never heard of that. Playing the game but wouldn't trust them is is unlikely to happen considering that a lot of players probably even play on different platforms where they already have their payment information mm -hmm. entered right they might play on on pc or or the game consoles or something like that and they already have a credit card with epic they just know that they pay more on, on ios mm -hmm. so i i i see that argument as well and both of them are kind of right apple does provide a lot of value i believe but epic also knows that they wouldn't want to pay for 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 that much mm -hmm. more just to be on that device which mm -hmm. isn't even a primary one for them and then the argument about it is, there's so many things going on yeah. Right? yeah i don't think you would want a completely separate app store on on ios mm -hmm. you know would you really want to build your 
as an indie, it's probably less of a problem if you're if you're humongous. But as an indie, do you really want to build against another set of in-app purchase APIs, against mm-hmm. another set of subscription APIs, as another set of migrating? You know, what if someone buys your your app in the Epic Store and then they want to migrate to the to the Apple like the App Store? Mm-hmm. And you want to support that kind of migration, people being confused and they don't know which, where they bought what. And I, I, yeah, yeah. For us in particular, no one forced us into making software for the Mac on the Mac App Store. Mm -hmm. We actually were in a situation where we had the choice. You know, Mm -hmm. we could have decided to be exclusively outside of the App Store. And we decided that for us, despite having to pay money, it was worth it. Yeah. I do think it's cool on, macOS that you have the choice like you can decide which way to go it's it's really tough i am you know totally fine with apple enforcing their own rules on their platform they've built it mm-hmm. they own it that's how it works um antitrust aside which you know will probably be dealt with legally um and isn't something that uh some indie mm-hmm. devs can solve but yeah i don't know <laughs> there's so many aspects here and i don't really know how i feel about the whole situation like mm-hmm. i obviously don't like seeing fellow developers in in this uncertain situation and not really mm. knowing what rules they're going to be hit against when they go up against mm-hmm. that review. I'd say for the no, most yeah. part, if you if you try to play by Apple's rules, you'll probably be okay. Um, but yeah, and we just we discussed it in an earlier episode, but the selective enforcement of things is a, a big deterrent to um, really mm-hmm. developing some certain features. You don't really know mm. what, what you're going to be caught by an app review. Yeah. So I don't know. There's no there's conclusion there. Fear of saying if if you feel like you're you're rubbing too close to the App Store rules, right? Mm-hmm. And you're you think you might be good, but you you're not like hundred percent confident. You might only be like seventy five percent. You you make that trade off, right? Or like ah, maybe we shouldn't build that feature mm-hmm. because it might not make it. But the feature would have maybe maybe even it would have made it. Apple would have been fine with it. Mm-hmm. The the users might have loved it. But knowing that there is uh, ambiguity like that some of the rules are a bit ambiguous and not consistently enforced mm-hmm. i mean it's hard right again a problem that's not easily solved how do you enforce all rules equally mm-hmm. by you know we have very long uh cases in 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 cor- like courts of law all over the world mm-hmm. not because people are really slow at making their case it's because those things are complicated mm-hmm. and you have to you know apple kind of got themselves into a situation where they're enforcing rules they wrote themselves. Mm-hmm. But despite that, there are sometimes ambiguous ways of um, uh, um, uh, interpreting their own rules mm-hmm. because sometimes mm-hmm. they're like, this is not what we had in mind for this yeah. rule, but technically it falls into this category, but yeah. it's slightly different. Yeah. And like and- rules enforcement is hard, especially if it's made by, by I don't know how big the App Store review team is, but it's probably hundreds or thousands of people by now. It's if if we would say, all right, every single app is being reviewed by Phil Schiller. We might only get through like five five new apps uh, a week, mm-hmm. but that would probably be a fairly consistent enforcement of the mm-hmm. rules. But that is also not r- realistic. Yeah, and I do think I honestly believe that we can get to a situation that where all parties are happy. I do think we can get to yeah. a place where Apple is still happy because they're still making money, where developers are happy because they either pay less or or they they have a better um, visibility and rules or mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. I do think we're it is within the realms of feasibility of of the the constraints mm-hmm. we're in 
where we can can get to a place where everyone is slightly happier. Mm-hmm. And if we're f- focusing on that, rather everyone going on like it, it's kind of this weird that you sometimes see in politics and weird discussions where you only have two options mm-hmm. that people are pushed to the fringes more and more and more. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously very different example in this situation but it feels the same way where yeah. apple is more and more defenses of their position as as it becomes mm-hmm. more public and epic is more and more defensive in in their opinion and what they yeah. want to do yeah and both of them kind of push themselves further and and yeah. barricading uh, yeah. themselves more in their in their corners so I, I i don't know i do think in theory we can get to a happier place um i just wanted to mention that next episode will be a special episode oh, yeah. again uh where we're gonna have a guest on the show uh we're gonna continue doing this um bi-weekly um bi-weekly or ironically fortnightly uh <laughs> type of schedule where we put where we where we have an indie developer joining us um so i'm super excited about it um so we will um we will we will have that type of episode next week mm, will be fun